Welcome to another episode of Civic Cipher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. He calls me Q Ward because that's what my mom calls me, too. Yes, indeed. And uh, we are back once again after another week full of events is very much an understatement. <laughs> full week, I'm though. so glad we just both laughed and smiled <laughs> because when I was on my way here, bro, I did not expect to be in a good mood at all. Yeah. Um, you know, People ask about the show all the time and it's. We're never short on content, but just by the nature of the show, the things that we that we are that it's our responsibility to talk about mm-hmm. are just in nature not typically fun. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's heavy, man. And literally, when I was driving here, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to talk about these things tonight and not be actually angry. So I'm glad that we both, just at the idea of last week. We're able to at least right now before we dig into it, exhale and chuckle because goodness gracious, man. You know what? Um, A lot of times people will, uh, you know, if I meet them and they're not familiar with the show or the work that that, uh, I've done up up until now or what we're we're doing now with Civic Cypher, um, they'll ask about Civic Cypher, you know, well, tell me about the show. And the easiest way to explain it to people is to start by saying that it's therapy, you know. Um, And so, you know, there's a big part of this that really feels therapeutic to be able to talk about. And, of course, it's our hope that, you know, everyone that listens and participates um, uh, in whatever capacity with the show um, gets us not only a little bit more perspective and education, but also, you know, uh, has a a sense of release. And and after listening, uh, 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 just a more concrete version of reality that they can subscribe to but um you know as stated uh this past week was full of just all kinds of you know you know what i think the the heaviest thing is you know being black in this country you know obviously there's this idea that the deck is stacked against you and then there's this idea that um, there's a lot of people that are really going to help you and that really want the world to be a little bit more fair. And then there's those people who are in the middle that will do whatever the right thing is at whatever the right time is, um, depending on the optics and depending on, you know, whatever forces are at play. And, you know, in in seeing the way that, you know, the police <coughs> ultimately came around and responded to the folks that, you know, um, attacked the Capitol building. The police responded somewhat. You know, there there people are getting arrested, and you know, well, I gotta I gotta rewatch the video. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the footage kind of, I saw didn't even have a police response. Well, you know, there's except a, for opening gates and ushering people right. in and out of the building. Exactly. So it's kind of hard to find out how to feel about things, um, and then even if we do figure out, like, okay, well, they're finally taking some action against these people, waving the Confederate flag in the lobby of you know the capitol building um it it's it there's a part of me that feels like you know it might be you know uh just them doing it because they're pandering or it's you know they're like okay i guess we got to do something as opposed to wow this is wrong this is a, a a huge injustice and you know let's you know whatever let's let's take action it's like kind of they were compelled to do it after however long so um the the thing is i want to make sure that 
we talk about a couple of things. Um, the first thing is, I want to say hi, Mom, uh, who's uh, checking us out live right now. Um, and uh, I, I want you to know that we appreciate your support and all your input. Um, but one of the other things that I wanted to talk about was Donald Trump and him losing his his Twitter account. Um, something that I've encountered quite a bit is people, the backlash against all these. A lot of pushback. Yeah, saying that <laughs> it's a matter of free speech. So oh, my wow. brother, um, shout out to Sean, he called me the other day. And Sean works in IT. Um, that's very much an understatement. Um, but more, more importantly, he's a brilliant mind, probably the smartest person that I, I certainly that I know. Um, but, you know, he explained a lot to me about how this actually works. Um, he told me about a lawsuit, and it escapes me right now, um, but it's, it's a lawsuit from the early 1900s, maybe like 1919 or something like that. And basically this lawsuit um, was, you know, uh, it, you know, the First Amendment, we have freedom of speech, right? But there are certain things that you cannot say, you know, if they cause harm or if they, you know, incite some sort of action or, you know, or, you know, incite a riot. Yeah. And cause people to storm the United States Capitol. Exactly. Perhaps. Um, Another example that he gave to me was that um, he wanted to uh, or he suggested rather that, um, you know, this the result of this lawsuit is why you can't run into a building and yell fire if the building's not on fire. That's not protected under the First Amendment, right? Um, and I will get the exact uh, the details of the uh, lawsuit, but um, there was a combination of this with the Amazon, um, the Amazon pulling down the Parler app. Um, the Parler app, and for those that you don't know, there's a, another app that exists outside of Twitter and Facebook and all these other app, apps that you can download and communicate with people. There's social networks. Parlor is one that really caters to uh, real right wing extremists because they do. Well, not. they kind of co opted it. Sure, because make it, it, it that made it sound like Parlor was designed for them, uh, and it wasn't. Uh, okay. It wasn't. Okay. I'm sure. Okay. Trust me. I had a long. I just drove 32 hours. Okay. I had a lot of time on my hands. Okay. They co-opted it and turned it into their own. Okay. It was initially, I think, designed to talk about, like, what we had for lunch today or something. You know what I mean? Like, something super basic, super simple. Okay. And it was co-opted into, like... Okay. Then, yeah. Then let's that, launch a coup together. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> then that, that then what you're saying uh, happens before, you know, a, a little bit before the research that I did on it goes back. It, might, it yeah, only yeah, goes yeah. back so far. Um, but it's you know, been what you're saying for so long that that makes sense. Okay. But it wasn't designed originally for that. Like somebody didn't say, let's design an app that, so uh, that right wing extremists can plan a coup. Like that wasn't the right. Okay. Okay. Uh, then the I'll, genesis I'll take of that. it. Um, the thing about it is, uh, I actually downloaded this on my, on one of my phones. Oh, word. Yeah. Which is for sale by the way. Uh, if you want to spend, um, I got actually two phones. One's for five thousand, <laughs> one's for ten. If you want to buy it, I'm happy to sell it to you. If got you parlor it. already running yep. for you <laughs> if you need it. Uh, didn't even log in, but um, yeah, this app. Uh, oh, well, I guess it became a, a space where um, 
free speech wasn't limited. You know how on Facebook and 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 Twitter, especially, the the president would treat tweet things and then it would say these these facts are disputed or this is proven to be not true, whatever like label on his tweets. Well, Parler was a place that didn't do that. You could just basically yell fire and there would be no consequences on that platform. Yeah. Um, another thing is that these are private businesses so they can, you know, extend, you know, their platform to whoever they want and deny other people, you know, as they choose. So it's not necessarily limiting free speech because it's not like press in the same way. Right. Um, so there's no, there's no press badge that you get, you know, like uh, I'm, I'm such and such a journalist from, yeah, Facebook, you don't, you, you know don't I mean? get a, a, a press credential. Right. Exactly. It's, it's a platform. So anyway, so parlor, um, they, instead of like building their own infrastructure, um, they used Amazon's like excess infrastructure to okay. build the platform, right? Um, which is uh, effectively what my brother Sean does. So um, Sean understood how it worked, and they have um, it's it's the it's AUP. Um, I forget what that's called for too. I'll figure that out. But basically, it's like terms and conditions, um, where if you lo- you sign up to use Amazon's infrastructure to host your you know your app um then you have to abide by their their rules and parlor by not you know um throttle not throttling but um monitoring the way the app was being used um they ultimately found themselves in violation of the terms and conditions now this isn't something that is you know executed across the board it's just when you when you become a big enough problem you come a big enough fire they'll put you out which is exactly what happened so parlor ended up losing all of their um their online infrastructure and have to start over from beginning so that's really what ended up making this look like everyone's out to get donald trump you know because he got banned from spotify and pinterest and everything um stuff that is not even relevant um for him to communicate and uh you know i i think that people need to understand that that's the way it works, you know, and, and the funny part about it is a lot of times, um, especially, you know, uh, you know, Republicans, you know, right wing uh, subscribers, they they love the idea of, you know, small government, you know, and, and business in the free market, you know, um, and that's essentially what is happening here. But because th- this is the platform that the president has chosen to speak from and to tweet his, you know, presidential policy for him to be limited uh, or denied that, um, it feels like he's being, you know, we're, that they're limiting free speech of this man. And it's, it's, it's amazing the lengths that people will go through, go to rather to justify or otherwise completely ignore what's happening and they'll call it anything other than what it is. You know, everybody that decided to limit this man's reach and his capacity to incite you know violence and all this sort of stuff um do you remember there was the uh the 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 video in texas where there was a bunch of trucks and they were traveling next to a biden harris uh van yeah next to the um the word i'm losing it right now but yes I yeah there was, the, so there was the campaign the yeah, campaign exactly. bus right for exactly. biden harris and there were all the trump trucks with the flags or whatever and they like ran this truck off or they were i don't know if they ran it off the road but they were like they attempted to for yeah. sure so you know that wasn't enough 
um and then you know uh trump like retweeted the picture and he's like i love texas and like encouraging this sort of behavior where people get hurt and then now that we've seen five people's lives get lost because of this past um you know uh riot or whatever um you know people are actually taking action against this guy and limiting their involvement with him or otherwise his involvement with them and their business because they feel like you know if it's free market and you know this is capitalism and again all the right they really champion this idea of capitalism so much um they're doing what's in their best interest of the business and they're protecting their their bottom line amazon you know there's people that will log into amazon and try to take parlor down you know there's hackers there's all this sort of stuff so amazon has to say well i got a whole other business to run i can't afford to expose myself to this type of attack uh, let's let's sever ties with these guys because it's not worth it because we're making real money over here and parlor is just a thing billions of dollars yeah so you know when people really understand <clears throat> it it's like you can't have it both ways um you can't have you know uh this free market and then you know um you know uh small business or small government you know big business business decides how it works and then you know cry foul when a business decides to sever their ties with someone who could potentially expose them to risk or you know affect their bottom line um so i wanted to make sure we started the show off by saying that because a lot of people have been saying that a lot and they're just they he says it's a witch hunt so everyone echoes that I mean, of course, and I just see it. We got a comment from DJ Swirl. Ryan, what up, though? Um, you know, talking about the way the NFL chose to limit Colin Kaepernick's speech when all he did was kneel, right? The most respectful gesture in history. He kneeled during the singing of the national yeah. anthem, and that was co-opted you know, by, you know, Donald Trump. And they turned it into something completely different. Yeah. But because it might affect their bottom line, that man has been unemployed for going on Since four then, years. Yeah. So, you know, those, the, it, but it's, the funny thing is, it's the same people, the same people who are arguing free speech and talking about you can't limit this man and you can't take him down and you can't stop him from expressing himself were the same ones on the other side of the same argument yeah. when it didn't serve their best interest. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, I wanted to start there and I wanted to, you know, not to dwell on everything that's going you know, on with that, because, you know, really, the truth is we're waiting on. Um, we're waiting on a new administration, you know, and I don't want to give too much power to that, but I do need to check that when when I need when it when it feels necessary, because no matter we might not take Donald Trump into next month, but we have to take that half of america in the next month yeah we got to take all and 75 million of the people that voted and and lots of people that just don't participate but that agree sure with that 75 million people yeah. that voted for him sure absolutely and so um again just something that needs to be said now today's show i wanted to talk about um the n-word uh, so obviously this word is a horrible word. It's, it's the ugliest word in the English language. Um, and it's been a source of debate in the black community and in the black versus everyone else community for a hundred years, maybe, um, 
and we haven't talked about it yet on this show. Wow. And I think that it's important to discuss that because I think that that leads us to discussing one better one one additional way where we can become we can create allies black folks can create allies and people who are not black can become allies to black people you know people that sympathize with with black people's plight in this country um in understanding this this word and how it feels and how it's used um it can help because it um and and i'll before the show is over i'll explain what i mean um but let's start here so the n-word um one of the things that people might wonder you know is why does a word have so much power why do you allow a word to be so hurtful you know um and this is not a er versus a conversation this is just you know someone else saying that word um, who's not black to someone who's black, you know, um, why would a word have so much power? Why would you allow it to affect you? Um, if someone, you know, yells a racial slur at any, any other race, that's not a life and death thing. It's just a, you know, a, a very strong insult, you know, with black people, it's especially flagrant. Why do you allow this word to have so much control over your emotions and over your life? It's a very sensible question to ask um because it it's the beginning of understanding you know if you're not black then it might not hit you in the same way um you might not understand the depths of it um and so i wanted to help paint that picture at least from my perspective and then i want you to offer yours um so that we can help people understand what it's like um for me you know, I was born, I learned how to speak, you know, words didn't have any power, you know, there, were, there was Google Gaga and then there was ABCs and one, two, threes and, you know, so forth and how you learn. Um, and somewhere age between, you know, maybe four and six, I recognized that there exists a word that is really a bad word. It's the word that should make your ears perk up. And, you know, of course, I've heard it in my lifetime, yelled at me, I've heard it in film, I've heard it amongst friends, and, and, uh, and you know, the, the, the full uh, gambit. But, you know, when it's, when it's used as an insult, I'm talking about with the hard R, um, at least for me, it calls into question who I am. It calls into question, like it it, it, it it compels me to be the bravest, strongest version of myself. Um, I recognize that there are human beings who had committed no crime, meant no harm to anyone, were hated for whatever reason, and lived hard and short lives and oftentimes the last word they heard 
was that word, was the N-word. And those people's bodies are buried in the ground in this country, all across it, top to bottom, left to right. And I am a descendant of those people. And there's a connectedness from me to them. I can't explain it beyond that, but I will say that I will never slap those people in the face. Those are my mothers. Those are my fathers. You know? Um, I will stand up for them because they cannot stand anymore. I owe my life to them because I am their descendant. I am their son, right? And so for me to let something like that continue to go unchecked, I believe flies in the face of the memory of those nameless, faceless people that I'll never know. You know, records get scrambled. I don't know where I came from. You, you shared a story, recent, uh, well, a few times with me about being in Spain and was it Spain? Yeah. And they... Well, tell the story real quick. Well, <clears throat> having dinner in Barcelona and uh, was the only person at a table of seven or eight people mm. that couldn't answer the question, where are you from? And you know my initial reaction, very, very proudly, as usual, was Detroit. Yeah, man. And uh, they're like, no, 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 no. Where's your, where's your mother from? Very, very proudly, once again, making Georgia. Hey. And they're like, everybody's looking confused, like, as if I don't understand what they're asking, because clearly I don't. Um, because I'd never been asked a question with the expectation of an answer that they were looking for. Mm -hmm. So then they start telling me where they were from different parts of Germany, um, different parts of the West Indies, different parts of Asia, different parts of direct heritage to an ethnic group from a specific place in the world that was not the United States. Yeah. And African-American or black almost doesn't mean anything everywhere else in the world. You know, where does your, they, they, one of the guys at the table rubbed his skin. Where does that come from? That meaning my, my brown, my black, my melanin, my melanin. Where does that come from? That's a special And question. it was an embarrassing moment. Black people in America are the only people on earth that can't answer that question. Okay. Because we have no idea okay. where we were torn away from. Okay. So, understanding that, um, and understanding that that same melanin was crime, may as well have been, um, or... Quite literally, not yeah. oh, not, no. not even may as well have been quite literally yeah. a crime in, in some instances and so forth. And just it feels like, do you know, I, I, I say this a lot. I say um, that black people, black men are kings specifically. Um, I feel like that's important to say because I recognize that there was a lot of people who were black that lived and died. And they were never able to refer to themselves in any uplifting, positive manner. They had slave names. They were insulted, you know, when they made mistakes. And 
again, they lived very harsh lives and died young. That was their life. That's the most precious thing that a person can have. And it was reduced to, like in the Matrix, when it says, you know, reduce a human being to a battery. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the, kind of the same thing. So this word, this N-word, um, for me, connects me with those people in a way that is visceral, that is palatable, that I feel and that I am compelled to honor. Um, and because of that, I cannot let it go unchecked. And so it's more than just someone saying something and me, you know, letting it slide off my back. You know, it's, 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 it's an attack on not just me, but everyone that has worn this color before me. Those people that have been attacked, those people that didn't make it, you know, um, and they're not here to defend themselves. And so I think that it wells up in me to defend them and me. If it's just me, like, watch this cue. Okay. If somebody insults you, you're going to have a problem with that. I'm going to speak for you because I already know. If somebody insults you, you're going to have a problem with that, right? But if somebody insults me, you're going to have a very, very so big, it's serious it's problem a, with it's that. It's a much different problem. Yeah. <laughs> And and so it's the same thing. Um, and I think that people need to understand that because history matters. And even folks that, black, black folks that don't understand their history, this word is given to them with the same weight. It has the same gravity. They understand that it's that serious. If someone says that to you, they're attacking you at your core. They don't need to know everything else with it. They just know that this is something that people fought for and died for and I was born into that fight and for, for better or worse I must continue to fight on the side that I'm on right and so this is part of the reason why this is not something that we take lightly now well before we go any further have you had any uh, incidents that are top of mind where you can draw from like the feelings that stirred up in you um i mean i've actually had as you can imagine multiple oh yeah no i know uh, you and i have had the the privilege and the pleasure of having been able to use music as a vehicle to go all over the world yeah and our experiences and we've talked about this have been a lot different abroad than right here at quote-unquote home mm -hmm. um, but the two things that are top of mind is i was leaving a gig one night in Chandler and Chandler you'd imagine to be you know a more progressive place right you know it's, it's a a more newly developed part of the valley than Phoenix Tempe and Mesa and I stopped to fill up and one of those trucks and when I say those trucks I think everybody that's listening knows what I mean like yeah. one of those yeah, trucks those trucks pulled up at the I think it was a Circle K or a Quick Trip gas station I was at, I don't recall which and one of the guys rolled the window down and in, a, in, a, in an attempt to intimidate me, called me the N-word. Um, I'm just putting gas in my car. And I never responded in a way that was more calm in my life. Um, I just simply finished pumping my gas, got in my car and drove away. Because I understood that there was no response other than that. 
that would have yielded a good outcome. Right. And there are five or six guys in this truck. And they left the house with the intention of causing some trouble with someone. You know, I didn't invite that attention from them. I didn't invite that energy. I didn't cause it. So that wasn't even in response to me. They were going to find someone to interact with in that way. And I just so happened to be the maybe the easiest or the nearest target. Um, and, you know, I got in my car, I drove home and I, the whole ride. I just thought about how that could have gone. Yeah. Had one of them just gotten out because that's just the mood they were in. It goes way different. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, I'm going to defend myself. I don't know how effectively against five or six guys, but, you know, one of you will have a much different story than the rest of you. I promise. Um, another instance that was a bit more difficult to digest and reconcile is a person that I always viewed as a friend. Uh, DM'd me. After I posted something unflattering about, you know, the current president to defend him. And at some point pointed out in this message that he often says white power. And felt it was no different than saying black power. And I think about the very, very different histories of those phrases and, and, you know, piggybacking off of you speaking about the the use of the N-word. And in that moment, I remembered seeing a photograph from either a burning at the stake or a lynching. And all I know that in the all I know that is in the photo, there are two dead black bodies, I think, hanged and and burned. burned. Yeah, I know that picture. And around them are just white folks. regular, but but I don't even want to use the word mob, right? Yeah, just because kids. it's like it was children. It was like a it was like a picnic. That's literally what it was. Yes, picnic. Right? Look up the word Google up. picnics. Yeah. The hi- origins, history, <laughs> right? It was a picnic. There's families. There's children. This is a regular day. This isn't like an angry mob of people. Real quick, hold on. Picnic for those of you that are too lazy to Google it. Um, has its history in in lynching black people. All right, go ahead. So I I really want to make the distinction that this wasn't a mob. This was for lack of better, well-to-do, normal, middle-class families hanging out with the kids. They I'm assuming they had food, beverage, and a fun day. Right? And the word used to Make these non-radical people, like, because this is not a mob, to make these regular, normal, let's just say, for lack of better, decent people, okay with what they were witnessing, was that word. That word reduced us to less than. Yeah. And had always had with it its intentions of not just making us beneath, but in causing us harm. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, when my friend, and it's, it's, I, I hesitate to say friend now. And that sucks because it's just based on this, on him caping up for Donald Trump and the way that he did and the, the rhetoric and the language that he used to do so that makes it very, very clear that we're not similar people. But this dude has always been kind to me, had always been very, very nice, 
I always got excited when I saw him. So him telling me that he says white power, as you could imagine, was startling almost. It shook me. Yeah. And I had to explain to him how it's not just the black and the white, like the night and the day, like the wet and the dry. Yeah. No. The phrases in and of themselves have no similarities. One is based on supremacy, murder. And the eradication of a people. Yeah. The other one is based in pride, self assurance, reassurance to my brothers and Community sisters that culture. we are here together. How about this? Go, or, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. So, and I'll, I'll cut it short because it was a really, really long conversation. Mm-hmm. It was a back and forth that had no end because his his roots were deep in how he felt. And I just made it clear to him we're, we're not getting anywhere with this because I'm definitely not. This is not a good conversation because neither of us are open to the opinion of the other, except I'm objectively right and you're objectively wrong. And that's not typically a stance you should take. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, typically in discussion, you shouldn't, I, right? You yeah, should be yeah. open to learning more and being open minded. Yeah. And But, not but I'm not being swayed in this. Yeah. I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah, it's how it. I we'll felt stop. and feel today. Well, and it's factual. You know what I mean? So. So real quick, that's yeah. what I was going to say. So. A lot of times when people will say things like, you know, why can't there be a white entertainment television? And there, if there's black entertainment television, and why can't there be, you know, white power if there's black power? And why can't there be, you know, white pride if there's uh, well, brown pride is, is a popular thing where I'm from in California. Brown pride uh, for Hispanic folks. Um, and. What what people fail to realize is that, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, Irish pride, that's totally fine. You know, we'll go and hang out with you. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's yeah. all good. You I'll DJ your parade yeah. and event. <laughs> We've done it. <laughs> if you want to talk about, you know, um, you know, wh- whatever t- type of pride, you know, specific, you know, or, or, or power, or, you know, whatever. There's community. There's culture there. Um you know we're happy to support that because it's based on something real uh, an actual history that is that that people can be proud a of heritage, so a heritage culture etc um for black people in this country you know as you stated you know a lot of ours got mixed up so black just became a catch-all term for all of us with our shared experiences regardless of where we're from in africa so we developed a new community culture you know um sense of who we are relative to each other and relative to everyone else um, and so, and absolutely needed to, you know, be empowered and, and continue to empower ourselves and our posterity. So, you know, that, those, those phrases are born out of that. And they're but born out of, say, and not to cut you off, born out of the necessity to have somewhere where we could belong. Yeah. Because we were kicked out of everything else. Yeah, it's sure. the same reason we have historically black colleges and yeah, universities. Absolutely. That was not to say, hey, white people, you can't come to school here. It was to say, hey, black people that can't go anywhere else, at least you can come here. Sure, sure. Yeah. So many of our institutions were born from that. We were being, it was more of an inclusive yeah. we than an exclusive we. Yeah. We just need that, a place that needs where we to can, be said. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry about that. No, you're good. You're good. The thing is, um, so where I was going with that was the thing is um, when people say like white power and white pride, they're not referring to a culture as much as they're referring to, you know, their skin. 
you know so there's not and a, the entitlement that comes along with it it's it's rooted like that you said comes it, with that it's skin. rooted in the supremacy of whiteness you know um not just a general celebration because those general celebrations often uh, always um are like the the irish like the saint patrick's day parade is is white folks red hair you know get out there with the freckles and the green you know uh, kiss me i'm irish you know i'll put one of them shirts on get out there and get jiggy with them you know what i'm saying it's it's all love but you know once you try to make a blanket statement especially in this country um it ignores the sins of of white folks and it and it you know a lot of the the other um prideful statements are born out of necessity you know as we stated and that there is no necessity for that there's no necessity for white entertainment television because you can just turn on the television um black entertainment all the rest of it yeah and so there's no space that you need to go where it's specifically only white because that in and of itself is exclusionary in its nature so again it's important to say that now um I do want to share a story, uh, an inward story, because this is something kind of similar to what happened with you. But um, it was a friend of mine. Um, his name was Jared. And uh, once upon a time, Jared was, you know, Jared was a good friend, too. Um, we'd go to Jared's house all the time and, you know, we're his roommate's house. But Jared was there, you know, and it was my guy, you know, crack jokes, played video games, all that sort of stuff growing up. And then one day Jared said something and it changed our friendship forever because I'm not the one. I don't know if you listen to my show every way, every week. (laughs) Not the one, nor the two. Nor am I the two. So, yeah. So Jared was Shaquille O'Neal. That's all I remember. Shaquille O'Neal did something silly. And uh, Jared was one of those sports people. I'm not a sports guy. Not. But I know who Shaq is. At all. No, I don't know nothing about sports. But I know who Shaq is, right? So Jared was upset with Shaq because he, like, dunked on his team or did some, something. I don't know. And then Shaq did something, like, maybe unsportsmanlike. Who knows? I wasn't paying attention. But Jared said something. He's like, man, I, I can't stand this guy. Shaq, hate this guy, you know, blah, blah, blah whatever and he's just talking he's talking and then he says something he's like i think Shaq is the only person where i think it's okay to say the n-word now he didn't say the n-word he said quote the n-word end quote he didn't say the actual n-word to me he wouldn't do that but um i took exception to it and i think that it's important to tell this story because there's lots of people who might flirt with this word on some level and tell themselves, okay, this is not racist behavior. You know, I would never do that. You know, the people I know are the people I know, blah, 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 and this, that, and the other. Um, but, you know, Jared and I, we didn't talk for some time. <laughs> Suffice it to say, I just kind of left. Um, because I learned a long time ago that, uh, and I've since unlearned it, but a long time ago I recognized that it's very difficult to teach people something that they're not willing to learn. You know, people, when they, when they operate from a, a place of, privilege um they uh you know it's it's very difficult for them to try to um learn anything that doesn't suit their immediate you know reality or enhance their immediate reality so to learn what the world looks like for someone else is cumbersome you know 
So I, I didn't even bother to explain to him why he was wrong. He just got it and left, right? But he recognized that he had sort of made a mistake and that he needed to apologize. So this might have been... Did he recognize that he'd offended or hurt you in some way and Absolutely. wanted to fix it? Yeah. Or did he recognize that he was wrong? Nope. Those are two very nope. different the things. First, the first thing. Okay. So that's where I'm going with the story. <clears throat> so it was the first one. He recognized that what he said upset Ramses um, and that he needed to, you know, make, you know, make that right. So after about maybe a year... Um, we ended up kind of in the same place, you know, whatever. And he pulls me aside and he starts talking to me and he's like, Hey man, listen, um, it's been on my mind for a long time, but I remember that day when you left kind of quick. Um, you know, I remember I said something about, you know, Shaq and, you know, using the N word or whatever. And I just want you to know, man, I didn't, you know, mean to upset you. And so I says to him, and this is the reason I'm telling this story is because I want people to listen to us because hopefully this will add some perspective. But I says to him, Jared, um, you have to understand that that word is a word that you could only use with Shaq. You could not use it with Larry Bird, could you? It wouldn't make sense, would it? And he's like, yeah, I, don't, I, I, see, I see your point. I would never say it with, for Larry Bird because I wouldn't say it unless the person is black. And I'm like, exactly. So using that word to insult one black person you have to understand that that word carries the weight of all black people who have heard it, who come from it, come from the pain <laughs> associated with it, you know, and it, and it brings with it all the feelings. And I know that you are a well-intentioned, well-meaning person. There's a lot of racist people and they don't know that they're racist. They think they're good people. And bless their heart, they're working on it, but they need to be shown, hey, this is behavior. Some of, some of them are not working on it because of what you said, though. They actually don't realize that they are. For sure. And and it's tough. It's hard. And, you know, would, and, would, and would fight you if you listen, accuse them of it. Oh, let me say it. Blue Lives Matter flags. Listen, y'all don't think you're racist. You don't. I know you don't so think you're racist. So. I know you don't think that. But eventually you'll come around and you'll start to see, you know, I was out of pocket. That was the wrong thing to do. That was the wrong horse to back. Those people were not oppressed. The black people were oppressed. That's going to come in your lifetime. You're going to see it. And you're going to come and you're going to apologize. And guess what? Black as we are, we're good at one thing, letting y'all know, hey, we forgive you. You are our babies. We're the best in the history of this planet at it. We're the first people. It makes you our babies. <laughs> and if you, if you have parents, you recognize they're very forgiving. And I don't mean to, you know, be disrespectful if you're older than me or whatever, but I do recognize that culturally speaking, you know, there's, you know, we, we can be a little bit more patient than we probably should be. And uh, it works. Hopefully it will continue. And to have been throughout history. And it will work in the benefit of people who are well-intentioned and really do desire to grow. But for now, waving that flag is a slap in the face of, of all of us trying to actually make the world a little bit better for all of us, not just some of us. Um. So, uh, and real quick, if you're just tuning in to Civic Cypher, I'm your host, Ramses Ja. They call me Q Ward. And uh, today's show, we're talking about the N-word um, and just the weight of it and, and what it means and, and so forth. And again, this is not a, a debate of who can say it. This, this conversation assumes that when it's said, it's meant as an insult. 
and why, or even if it's not meant as an insult, but it's from a non-black person to a black person, why we could be offended or take exception to it. So with that said, I want to share a story. Um, and I hope that this story will inspire people listening to it to, to, to check things that happen in their lives, you know, things that they see, that they observe. Because there's a lot of people listening that would, that would, I would never say that. I would never do that. And they're right. They would never do that. You know, I, I believe that most people would never do that. There's some people that want to be cool or they think they're cool enough to pull it off or whatever. I, I promise you're not. I don't even say that word. There ain't, I, I don't even have friends who are that word, you know, even if they call that to themselves, you know. Um, but, you know, in my house, that's just not a word that exists. So far be it from you to assign it to me or <laughs> anyone of mine. Um, but again, um, for everyone, I want to show you an example that I really like that um, came up in my life and I had an opportunity to do it. And I want to walk you through it. It's going to take a minute, but I promise it'll be worth it, especially if you have any amount of empathy or love in your heart. Um, so uh, I was <clears throat> at a place. Um, it was a workplace. Um, and I was there with a person who also worked there. And, um, this person, um, his name was Martin. Um, and so when I walked, when I walked up, Martin says, he stopped me at the, at, before I walked inside. He says, Hey man, don't go in there because, you know, uh, the boss is in there with a customer and the customer and the boss are going back and forth, blah, blah, blah. And they're yelling at each other. And he's like, man, I can't stand when customers do this. Um, you know, and he's like venting and, you know, um, talking about how frustrated he is. Now, mind you, I, just because it matters, Martin is white. The boss is black. Okay. The and customer? The customer was, I couldn't tell you because I never saw the customer. But it didn't matter. Um, but Martin was white. Martin is probably in his 50s, somewhere. Um, beautiful human being. I think he's a good man. Um, and I, I stand by that, even even after you hear this story. Um, because I had to make up a, a lot of... I had to decide a lot in a, in a very short amount of time, which is often the case when you are alarmed by someone's behavior. So anyway, Martin is just... He's venting his frustration about this customer taking out uh, their frustrations on the boss. And he says, you know, they're just in there and they're trying to Jew him. Mm. Right? All right, now. Uh, Jew is a word that describes Jewish people. The Jews. Not a bad word. But a religion and an ethnicity. Sure. It's not a bad word, but if you put a little, a lot of people don't know that though. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, we'll tell them. And it's it's both a religion and an ethnicity, but um, you know, it, the word is the same. It's, yes. it's it's just a normal word, and it's also a sort of a slur, especially in the way that he used it, um, just with a little bit of, like, if I say, "Oh, um, th my my friend is a Jew," right? Um, that is me describing my friend. But if I say, um, 
oh my god those, look at the jews over there it's the same word it's the same exact word but it just is a little has a, some teeth in it right it's the wrong way to use it so it's a, it's a funny word but it's it's kind of entry level racism you know what i mean it's not the the n-word but it's you know it, it and it's it serves as a great um example for you know how to approach these things but it had to be inferred with nuance and context exactly to take on yeah. a racist meaning you wouldn't whereas, be able to read it whereas the word we're using <laughs> it's it, just racist it's, yeah it's built into the word in the history you can say it with a smile <laughs> yeah the n-word is there ain't no getting around that still one. the same so um so yeah uh, he said he's just talking a million miles a minute. He's like, you know, they're in there and they're trying to Jew him, and you know, blah blah blah, this that, and the third. And I'm like, huh, huh, right? Now most people, I promise you, this happened to me. Most people, because he, he, he does, he's not a bad person. He's, I, I, I know that he's not racist against uh, Jewish people. You know, they just, you just don't end up in a space like that. And really harbor that genuine sentiment. He's not a Nazi. You know, he's working for a black man. He's talking to a black man. You know what I'm saying? So, usually if you're going to be racist against somebody, we're first on the list. You know, usually. But I, I knew him, and I knew that that's not what he meant. It's just what he said, right? So, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, the guy who plays Borat, he, he said... Brilliant, by the way. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you get a chance to... Go down a you if, if you don't if you don't pay enough attention because Borat the character in and of itself might make you think this dude is an idiot. He's brilliant, super. Even that character is brilliant if you're paying attention. Absolutely. So, um, speaking of which, um, one of the things that he suggested that Borat points out is that you know Borat has these very anti-Semitic um, one-liners in his movies, right? Where he talks, uh, he speaks poorly about Jewish people and makes fun of Jewish people and. As pretty really, much really over the top Jewish caricatures too, right? But he is the actual actor is Jewish, yeah, right. Um, but he says that what it does is the character illustrates people's passivity. Like you can be Jewish or you can be racist or anti-Semitic around me, and I won't stop you. I'll just let it go on. Um, and he says that Borat brings that out of people. It really puts people's um, ideas of what's right and wrong to the test not for themselves but for what they'll accept in their circle mm -hmm. right so um similarly when i'm talking with martin he says this he says that the person the customers in there trying to tr trying to jew I, I i'm sorry that i keep saying it but i just don't want to lose you um the boss right so you know i let him finish his his rant and and get his frustrations off and i knew that he was being a, a you know a comrade he was trying to stay you know stand by the boss and whatever and at the end of it you know he starts walking away he's like man i don't want to keep you i know you got to go i just was venting you know because this guy's been here for however long and he starts walking away and i was like you know what i could just walk away this guy's old he doesn't mean it you know whatever and I really, I'm, I want to impress it, I really had to sit with it because I had to find it in myself to actually go back to this man who's my senior, very much my senior, and approach him about something that he did wrong. That's not something that's normal um, for, for me, a, a cultural implication, well, who knows, you know, but for whatever reason, I'm not accustomed to dealing with folks who are that much older and visibly older than me. But I went back to him, and this is what I said. I says, hey, Martin. He's like, yeah, man, what's up? I was like, hey, man, uh, listen, come back. Can, can I talk to you for a second? He's like, yeah, yeah, what's up? I was like, listen, man, 
Um, I, I know you're a good person. I know you're an amazing person. You're a good man. You have a good heart. And I touched him on his chest when I did this. He says, you have a good heart. He's like, yeah, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And I was like, listen, I'm trying my best to be a good man. I have to wake up every day and try again. I'm not perfect. And what I need you to do is hold me accountable. I need you to check my speech. I need you to check my actions and my behaviors. And what we're going to do is we're going to keep each other in line so that we both can um, become better men. Does that sound good? And he's like, yeah, of course. I, yeah, absolutely. I, you, know, I, you know, I love you, man. I love what you stand for, all this sort of stuff. I was like, great. Here's the thing. I'm going to go first, okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, so watch this. I know you didn't mean it. I know you're not this type of person. If you're listening, Ramses is so compassionate and gracious is the word I like to use the most. He really extends that benefit of the doubt to people. I think it's necessary, though. I know you didn't mean it, Ramses said. He's, he's, he's helping you get off that racist ledge that you might be on. Yeah, yeah. But see, the thing is, when, you, when, you, when forgiveness is built into the narrative, yes, sir. you can create cheerleaders. When there's an adversarial stance, you draw battle lines. Yeah. You know, and that you're over there and I'm over here and we're like this forever. And you're always going to attack me every chance you get. And I need you to be a cheerleader. I need you to help me change the world. And that's how I recruit people into this love army, <laughs> whatever. Um, but I believe in it. You know, obviously I'm. Doing oh no, this, it's know. not for the show. That's yeah, Ramses. I believe in it. I think that it's possible. So anyway, so I'm talking to Martin, and I says, "So what you said just now, I should have said. I should have caught it right when you said it, but I had to sit with it because it's very difficult to do. But what you said right now, you said that there was a customer in there." trying to Jew and he as soon as I said that he was like oh and his face he 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 because he, he didn't even know that he had said it and I was like I'll, t I'll do you one better I remember once upon a time when I was in high school I thought that that was the word that you used I didn't even know that it was a bad word I had to learn that you're not supposed to say that because it's hurtful to people you know, and everyone's entitled to learn. And I learned it in high school and maybe you're learning it today or maybe you didn't know that or maybe you knew it and just forgot or whatever. But we're going to hold each other accountable, accountable here. So I go first. So now you owe me one. OK, so you Word. have to watch me now. The next time I say something, the next time I step out of line or make a mistake, I need you to come to me and let me know because I'm going to lean on you to make to help me become a better person in the same way that I'm going to, you know, ho hold you accountable for become, becoming the best version of yourself. You know, the best man you can be. And it was peaceful. It was agreeable. Dare I say jovial, you know, because, you know, he's like, you know, a, a, a laugh. But he's like, you know, I'm better. You know, I'm better than this, man. He's like, remember the time and this, the, that. I was like, listen, man, you don't have to convince me. And that's why it was funny. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, man, we're on the same side of this. Now, neither of us are Jewish, you know. But I do recognize that that type of energy, that type of disregard for people's sensitivities, especially groups of people's sensitivities, their history, their culture, you know, their struggles, the things that they come from. That disregard 
is what perpetuates an environment where stereotypes and prejudices are able to to thrive and continue to take root generation after generation and it is my responsibility as a person who is attempting to become a better man every day of my life to check that I notice I didn't say stomp it out and I didn't say you know no aggressive actions you know when that's necessary believe me I keep that in my back pocket because I want to a town stomp it out yeah but that's not the first card I play rarely is it the first card I play because I recognize that you know that's usually when I'm in defense mode you know when I'm really trying to attack the root of something I try my best to assume that the person is a compassionate person that who might be misled or might be misinformed you know we have a tremendous opportunity you and me with this platform here where we can have conversations amongst ourselves and allow people that perhaps don't get this type of insight into what it means to be black male female you know when we have those types of guests um you know on the show um and and they can gain some insight into what the experience might be like and become better allies. I, I really do believe that this platform holds the potential to create better allies out of the people who are already sympathetic, if you will, and compassionate and fueled by some conviction to try to create a more equitable world for all of us, no matter how much melanin we have. And so this is a is very much a part of um, this thing that we're doing here on civic cipher and it's also um a part of my day-to-day life and hopefully if you're listening to my voice you recognize that there is an opportunity for you to challenge the word the n-word especially when it comes up in your life there's a way to do it where you can create cheerleaders out of people and you don't create enemies and further you know they further entrench themselves into their racist behavior um, that's not to say you can save everyone, but that is to say that now you have a little bit more to go with. And with that said, um, I think it's about time for us to get out of here. Yes, sir. So, um, yeah, uh, once again, thank you everyone for tuning in, uh, to civic cypher. We're going to be back next week doing the same thing before I go. I want to give a big shout out to all our Patreons for everybody, uh, checking in with us on Facebook. Um, and uh, again, for the people that support the show in a number of ways, if you would like to support the show, uh, please visit our website, civiccipher.com. You can submit questions or topics that you want us to discuss. Um, you can donate. Donations are very important. The show is always growing and your support means the world to us. Um, you can also download this and previous episodes of Civic Cipher um, to review. And with that said, we'll see you next week. Same time, same channel. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.